Hello everyone, welcome back to Conspiracies. I am your host, Derek, and today's topic, or tonight's topic, whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast, we're going to talk about this flat earth theory. Why do some people think the earth is flat? Now this has actually really been picking up for the past several years, and um, you know, the first time I ever was taken or brought to the idea of the flat earth theory, I used to watch a gentleman named Rob Skiva. Um, enjoyed his teachings on, on Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, and then all of a sudden to me, he became a babbling fool by saying the earth was flat. Now, members of this flat earth society claim to believe the earth is flat, to believe that the earth is fat, flat being described as the ultimate conspiracy theory. Leading flat earthers theories hold the earth is a disk with an arctic circle and in the center of the antarctic is a 150 foot long wall. It is believed that the earth is flat. Now the question is, is that do you take this really seriously? Is this something to be taken seriously? Well, here's the thing. It's only been the past 500 years has man believed that the earth was a round sphere. Now a lot of times you take a look at scriptures and the description that the Bible you know, the King James Bible that you have probably in your house, maybe even the NIV, maybe one of the other uh, versions that sits in your house, sometimes probably collecting dust, is got, uh, it is a flat earth book. First time I heard this, I was like, bull, bullshit. There's no way that the Bible is a flat earth book, but it is. It is absolutely the depiction, the details, the way that it that God creates the heavens and the earth is dealing with a flat earth plane with a firmament above that separates the waters from the waters. So even though you can sit there and say that that NASA and the government agencies have orchestrated a earth conspiracy to take our minds off of the creator and put our minds that we are no longer uh, in the center of the universe because the universe is enormous and it goes forever. And if we're not the only planet that has life, then that means we're not really special. And then if we're not special, then that means there's no creator to make us special. And we're not in the apple of the creator's eye. This is typically the running norm. Now, the thing being is that, yes, science does not lead you to the creator. Science is designed to lead you away from a creator. And to think that there is someone or something that has this omnipotent power to be able to call down things into existence, in a scientific mind and world, this is fantasy. So when I first came across the flat earth theory, as I said, it really messed up my paradigm. Because I was into dealing with ancient cultures, dealing with the book of Enoch, dealing with the book of Jasher, dealing with the Mesopotamian ancient texts, dealing with the Dead Sea Scrolls. I was knee deep up in all this stuff 
in a research to find that there was a connection dealing with the flood. And dealing not only with the flood, but dealing with all cultures have a flood-like story. And they all across the board are pretty much in tune and equal across it all. So as I was going into the research of this, people that I have been watching and other people I've been uh, learning from and some people that I have shared thoughts with, all of a sudden, one of the gentlemen had become a flat earth theorist. And he comes out with the notion saying, you know, that the Tower of Babel may not have been trying to open up a portal to outer space or to God's realm, but was actually exactly what it was being depicted, a a, a, a ziggurat or a area to walk up or climb up to the heavens into the firmament to go into God's domain. And so as I started looking into scripture, I found out that anything on the other side of the firmament, whether you call it the Van Allen belt, whatever you want to call it, that is God's kingdom. Everything above the firmament is in the realm of God. Everything under the firmament has become the realm of the prince of this world, the king of this world, which is Satan, Lucifer, Hael, however you want to pronounce his, his name, then you have Lucifer. So it's Satan is the God of this realm because God gave this realm to Adam. Adam gave up his birthright to Lucifer, and Lucifer became the God of this world. So when you're taking a look at the ancient text, and this is where I'm going to just talk about it for this flatter theory, is dealing with ancient text. Not to say the earth is sphere, not to say the earth is flat, but just to give you an understanding by ancient cultures, their mindset, and how they believed, and why they believed what they believed. And so when you start to take a look at these, these ancient scriptures, and you're seeing that these texts are talking about the realm of God, Yoivahe, and the realm of man, which is earth, which is here, which is in this plane. And that everything on the other side of the firmament is his kingdom. And that even Satan, Lucifer, goes up to that area along with the other sons of God, as we see in the book of Job. And he talks to God. Now, he's talking to God about the world and what he's done to and fro. And, he, and, and, and Satan, Lucifer, says something very interesting. I've been up and in the earth going to and fro, fro. And so when you see that he is not leaving the cosmos of earth to go out, then you start to recognize that, in all honesty, the plane, this area that we're living in, that we all call our earth, is in true sense a prison planet. When you take a look at sin and the, the, the nature of sin, dealing with the scriptures, you recognize that God will not let sin go into his kingdom. And God will not tolerate sin whatsoever. So if you go by the scriptures and it says that everything is in God's kingdom on the other side of the firmament, that means that anything that has a sin nature cannot go into that realm or into that area because you will be spreading the seed of sin. So that means that we could not leave this area and go to other planets 
and colonize other planets because then we would be taking the sin nature to those areas and God has quarantined sin to this realm. That even when Satan, Lucifer, sinned and had iniquity was found within him, Satan was cast out of God's kingdom and was put into this realm, which means that the fallen ones also are in this realm, which means that this has become a prison to sin. And so when I started looking at the scriptures, from that standpoint, as a theologian, as a scholar, as a minister, I started to recognize that, yes, the ancient texts do and are very specific about the design and shape the earth is in. And that it is not just the fact that you have um, this, this alien agenda that's being pushed. You start to realize that even when Zechariah Ascension was referring to the Anunnaki, the shiny ones, the ones that came down from the heavens, and what it really means is they came into this plane from the realm of heaven, which was on the other side of the firmament. And the Mesopotamia text is very much in detail of showing this to the readers. And as you're starting to see this unfold, you start to recognize, wait a second, in ancient times and ancient cultures, they believed the earth was flat and that there are waters that were separated from the waters and that there's waters on the other side of the firmament. And then when you start to recognize that in the scriptures, it says that God opened up the heavens. He opened up the firmament and let the water rush in. And this is what is depicted in the book of Jasher and in the book of Genesis dealing with Noah and the great flood. And then people will say, well, where did all that water go? If the flood happened, that means where did all the water go? If it covered all the land, where did it go? Well... If you take a look at the earth, you recognize that it went to the outside, which is known as Antarctica, <clears throat> which is the ice wall that goes around. You do realize that in the book of Gilgamesh, the earth is also in this depiction, and Gilgamesh goes to the edges of the earth to go to the other side of the firmament, and that he goes to a place that is a desert, but it is a cold desert that has ice, but is barren. And the way it depicts this land is exactly what Antarctica looks like. And that Gilgamesh walked, not only sat there and went to that area, but went on past the firmament till he was able to go to the garden and was trying to find the elixir of life that it was stolen from him by the serpent. And then you start to recognize, as this is unfolding, you start to see that these texts are describing the same area. Even in the book of Enoch, it refers to Enoch going to this place, a desert, a cold desert, and that he was going there. Why? <clears throat> because he was going to be dealing with the watchers, the watchers' angels. So then the belief of the flat earth has been described as the ultimate conspiracy theory 
And if that is the case, and ancient cultures have told us that the earth is not a sphere, that it is a circle, and that it has a face and four corners, and according to the Flatter Society leadership, it ranks uh, have grown by 200 people ever since 2009, and it is getting bigger, it says, on a day-to-day basis. Judging by the um, executive effort of flat earthers have invested in fresh out of the theory is dealing with this understanding that what if we've been lied to? What if we never went to the moon? What if all these things were named after the fallen gods, the watchers, such as Apollo and all the Apollo uh, going to outer space that we've never been? And when you start to take a look and you dig into this, and you start to recognize that even NASA says we've never been on the other side of the Van Allen Belt, but yet the moon was supposed to be on the other side of the Van Allen Belt. And now recently, they're saying that the moon is in Earth's orbit, and that's how we were able to go to the moon in Earth's orbit, because it was on this side of the Van Allen Belt, not on the other side, as it had been previously told. And then on top of that, on top of that, we're told that the earth is spinning at a rapid rate. But yet, it, you take and look, it is the sun and the moon that move and that are not stationary as the earth is. And if we moved as fast and as much as we it says we did, then how is it the constellations stay the same up in the heavens? There's a lot of things that start to come out and you start to ask questions. Wow, how, when, and where? So the first to brief a tour of the worldview of a flat earther while writing off buckets of concrete evidence that Earth is spherical, they readily accept a laundry list of propositions that some could call ludicrous. Now, the reason why is that if you have right now the Orion Project, and they say that they have to get past the Van Allen Belt so they could get to Mars, and yet they do not have the capabilities to shield and protect the astronauts going into the Van Allen Belt, then you have to ask how did they shield the NASA uh, uh, astronauts when they went to the moon in a tin can that has less capabilities than the smartphone that I'm using right now. How is that possible? How is it also the fact that they have to relearn how to do everything for the Orion Project. You can look this up yourself on NASA, nasa.gov, that they have to relearn everything that they learned when they went to the moon because they lost that technology. Then all of a sudden, I started seeing how it was possible for someone to start to believe in the flat Earth because the inconsistencies of NASA and the governments around the world not only looking at the ancient text, but actually taking it from a step of looking at it from the scientific mind to test the theory and retest the theory so that it could be a fact, I started looking into this. 
And then when I realized that you have the leading flat earth theory holds that the earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle, and in the center of the Arctic is a 150-foot wall of ice around the rim. NASA employees, they say, guard this ice wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disk. Now, that's just someone being facetious saying that. But I did find it interesting while I was looking into this that the oldest and longest treaty that exists in man and modern man's history is going to Antarctica and that you cannot just grab any old plane and get your passport and go there. You have to get permits and you have to be you have to pay an exorbitant price to get there and that it is not open for everyone. And you have to ask the question, why? When we have the ability to have a passport and we have airfare and we can drive, fly anywhere on this wonderful place we call Earth, why is it that we can't just all of a sudden buy airfare to go to Antarctica? Why can't we go there and just let it be proven wrong? And the other question has always come up is that if, if the Earth isn't in the shape that flat earthers believe it is, then why is NASA not just sent someone up there in a rocket and taking pictures, a live feed. Some valid questions that I saw there. So the theory became something in which I no longer need to look as a theory, but at the point that if it is a orchestrated lie, then it is one that is designed to take away from understanding who the creator is and put it in ourselves as the creator is the only thing that matters is ourselves. And not that anything that a God or anyone believes that we are, you know, special. And then I started recognizing exactly the deception. Ye can be as gods. And in all honesty, that's what science has done to us. It's made us believe we are gods and we believe it over everything else. So before you call someone crazy or say that someone is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because they claim to be a flat earther, maybe what you should do is just investigate it yourself. Look at what they're saying. Look at what science is saying. And then you yourself test the theory. I'm Derek. Welcome to The Conspiracy. Have a great one.